Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's for brown, the bench, and the biggest way possible. Hanging out, a bad seat, a broken head, a bad apple with a bad attitude, hanging around a bunch of bad, out of bad day, bad law, bad do, bad bread, bad such bad vibes. We are live in the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios in New York City. They understand it's not just a mortgage, it's your mortgage, Romeo. That's the difference. Rocket Mortgage, push button. Get mortgage. People dressed in plastic bags, directing traffic, some kind of fashion, shake it up, should do bit. All my friends that come around, fuss and fuss and party up. Rats on the west side, bed bugs uptown. What a mess, this town's tattered. My brain's splattered all over Manhattan, should do be shake out. Ooh. Are you with us tonight from New York? 855 212 4227 is our toll free line brought to you by Geico. Great news. You save a bunch of money if you switch to Geico. Go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you can save 15% or more on your car insurance. How about this? PA is back on the bench in the biggest way possible. Paul Allen, the legendary voice of the Minnesota Vikings, joins us early and often in about 10 minutes, or roughly thereafter. A good friend of mine goes back a long time. You know, it's funny. Uh, I've thought about this over the uh, holidays. I was thinking about... Uh, how many, you know, great friends I've made in this uh, business with, you know, my show being on the air nationally for so long. Do you understand? Like, I have met everyone. <laughs> There's no one I don't know, <laughs> literally. If I don't know you, you're not worth knowing. So I know everyone, right? And the and the friendships I've made and forged over the years, it's crazy. All these guys keep coming on my show, right? Uh, it's because I respect them and love them and I'm friends with them like PA. He's a, he's a legend on the bench. Good dude. Paul Allen, the voice of the Vikings. Uh, Eric Bacharach will join us from the uh, Tennessee in a great paper. Covers the Titans' big game against um, the Patriots, correct? So that's going to be a wild game, I think, at Gillette Stadium. We'll talk about that tonight. He's coming on at 1040 East. Wild card weekend, two AFC games. Bills, Texans, and Houston is the early game. Titans, Pats, the uh, late game. Possibly some uh, Henry... Residuals? Is that what Henry is, the the rainstorm that's hitting New York right now? We're going to have rain tomorrow in Boston. Saying it could be more than that, too. Oh, is that right? What do we got here? A little could typhoon? A little, could be some flakes. A little, oh. We got a little uh, dusting, maybe? Anything right. could happen. I believe it. Uh, in the NFC on Sunday, the Saints host the Vikings, followed by the Eagles and Seahawks in Philadelphia. Who moves on in the NFC? Who do you got in the AFC? Where do you hurt? You got pain? Bring it in to the bench. Some big names declare for the NFL draft as Ohio State uh, pass rusher Chase Young and Wisconsin running back Jonathan Taylor announced they're going to be leaving school early. Then again, who wouldn't? So, um, yeah, I would. If I were both of those guys, I would uh, enter the draft and go make that uh, fat stack, Bill. 
Reports say the Pistons and Hawks are talking about a trade that would send Andre Drummond to Hot Town. Drummond can opt into free agency after the season. Um, I hate to say this, but isn't playing in Atlanta a lot like playing in Detroit or pulling teeth? Aren't they both just like dead markets right now for NBA basketball? I mean, they got Blake Griffin and they still suck, right? Don't they? And he's a monster, Drummond. Drummond and Blake Griffin, you'd think they'd win, but they don't. I mean, Atlanta's getting some juice now with Trey Young, right? Trey Young and Collins. I like him. I mean, Collins had to sit for a while. He was in trouble with the po-po, the the league po-po, right, the NBA itself. But I don't know. They're, I mean, they never win either. So I know they were giving somebody fits tonight, but they don't win. So, I mean, you can say whatever you want. Uh, they lost tonight in Boston by three. They covered, though. I didn't cover that bet. So I'm watching Houston and Philly right now. It's an 11-point game. Rockets up. Knicks and Suns in the desert. I took the Knicks with the number, and they're covering. They're up 10 at the half in the desert. And then Orlando beat up on Miami tonight. Blew them out. They took the night off, obviously. Uh, 105-85. Portland, a winner, 122-103 over the Wizards. And uh, later, coming up, the last game is Pels and Lakers. So what do they do before the uh, Pelicans game with the Lakers? What do you think they did? Instead of talking about the game, instead of previewing the game, what do you think they talked about? All they did was show Zion Williamson shooting little uh, three-foot baby hooks in the lane for 20 minutes. They just showed him warming up and, like, shooting. And he had uh, two rebounders and a coach. Uh, The coach was feeding him the ball. The rebounders were feeding the coach, and he was feeding him, and he was shooting little three-footers. And we watched it for, like, 20 minutes. Did we not just sit and watch that? I was like, what is happening here? Like, who gives a rat's ass about this guy's pregame little pops from three feet? You know, if you're not playing, just why is he the – I don't get it. The focus of attention. I got a game here I got to bet on. I want to know what's happening in the game. I'd rather hear about, wasn't Brandon Ingram complaining today about extensions? Getting everybody got an extension on the team but him? Meanwhile, he's the star player on the team. Is he not? He's their best player. Is he not? Holiday and him? Am I wrong? So anyway, there you go. Uh, I just, I got to say another thing just while I'm at it. I don't want to watch, this is just me, sorry, hey, blame me all you want. I don't want to watch LeBron's kid play every single high school game on television. Turn the channel, click, and I'll tell you another thing. I saw some kid tonight announce he's going to Gonzaga, the number six player in the country going to Gonzaga, uh, and I don't know who he is either, and I don't care, and I don't want to see the, you know, the press conference of the high school kid going to Gonzaga. Like, I got better things to do with my time. I got to tell you, I was watching Hall in the Hoyas. I'm watching the Rockets. I'm watching the Knicks. I'm watching the Capitals game. I'm watching, you know, games that matter. I, I hate to tell you. It just bothers me. It may, does that bother you at all? They're showing every one of those kids' high school games, like meaningless high school basketball games because he's uh, LeBron's kid and Wade's kid. I just think it's painful. Like, what are you doing to us? I don't want to do that. And it's on ESPN, no doubt, no less. Is it not? It was on the deuce or whatever, right? Like, are you kidding me? The high school kids have taken over television? Why don't they show any other high schools ever? They just show him. I mean, it is annoying. Is it not? It's like, it's almost like they gave him, it's it's like uh, Notre Dame having NBC. They've given LeBron's son his own uh, network cable television package. Is it not what's happening? That is what's happening. Tomorrow, Carver High's having a party. Carver High, tell them about your party at Bobby McCann's. Yeah, we got a live Isle Seat podcast at 5.30 before the Isles take on the Leafs. 
uh, former Islander, uh, Stanley Cup winner with the Stars, Benoit Hogue, joins me. Uh, going to help him out. He's coaching a youth team on Long Island. They're going up to some tournament in Quebec, so we're going to raise a couple bucks for those guys to help get them up there. So should be a fun night, and I'll be sweating watching the Bills while it's all happening. 5.30 at Bobby McCann's yes. in, in what Ma- town? Massapequa. Massapequa, Long Island. Tomorrow night, 5.30. You can yes, go you see You can Carver watch Hunt. the uh, live stream on the Isle Seat Podcast Twitter page. Too. Why would you do that when you can go drink with Carver High in person? Right. Like, honestly. I'm more concerned about the Bills. Some guy asked me to do something today. Remember the guy that was in here, the community? He wanted me, he said he wanted me to do the interview on Skype, and I just said, that's that's not in the car. Out, out of my program. Can't, I, you know, can't do it. But I like the guy. Paul Allen is up first on the bench. You're listening to Pharrell on the bench. All right, 855-212-4CBS to get on the bench. PA on the mic, the legendary Paul Allen, the great voice of the Vikings, joins us on the mahogany to talk about the Vikings' big game uh, with the Saints on Sunday. PA, how you doing, buddy? Scotty Farrell on the biatch on a Friday night. What's up, buddy? Hey, happy new year, brother. I hope you're doing great. Happy new year, man. This uh, this one this weekend's going to be tough. You know, um, I understand the uh, the visitors are the biggest underdog on the board, and um, and I understand why. Uh, we're down a couple of uh, corners, which is uh, disadvantageous. But um, man, I don't know whether it's locally, you know, just uh, being in this fishbowl here, uh, or nationally. There there are just so many different things about this Vikings team compared to two Mondays ago when. Uh, on national TV, they didn't look great against Green Bay. So, chip chair and a chance, buddy. I got to tell you, uh, you know, one thing that is bizarre to me is what is going on with, like, and I mean, let's just face facts, ESPN trying to get Mike Zimmer to be the Cowboys coach. What was with that whole nonsense? Because now, haven't they acknowledged today or something, Wolf, that uh, that the, you know, Spielman and, and Zimmer aren't going anywhere? Yeah, I mean, it's that time of year, man, you know, and um, and, and when you're at the facility and you're with the head coach and, and you're just around these people the way I am, you know, man, it's a playoff week, you know. The, this, you know, for me, I've, I've called Vikings games for 18 years, man, and, and we've had some very, very big moments, but we weren't in the playoffs last year. And when you get into a spot like this, you just become so hypercritically focused on what's coming up next and getting ready for that. That honestly, man, a lot of it's elevator music. So, you know, I leave practice today and I leave the facility and then I see that statement. And, you know, the, uh, the Will family, Ziggy and Mark, the, uh, the owners of the team, they're very fond of Mike and they're very fond of Rick. But, um, I mean, it, it is facts that, that those guys technically are heading into the final years of their deal. So I got no idea what happens, man. You know, I hope, uh, I hope this team beats the Saints. Um, I hope Zimmer and Spielman stick around for a long time because I like them both. You know, they win a lot of games, uh, the Vikings. Uh, what are they, three uh, ten-win seasons or something? And, and uh, th- they are a winner. There's no doubt about it. But what kind of nerves do you get when it comes to watching uh, this guy, Kirk Cousins, in a big game? And I'm sure I'm not the only person that's asked you that. In big games, people think he doesn't get it done. Yeah, you know, I mean, it was a month and change ago, Scotty, something like that. You know, we, we heard all that into a Sunday night football game at Dallas, and he was fantastic. So then, you know, the, then we have granted it, 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 it's, it's a primetime stigma with him, statistically speaking. Now, you can take every single 
primetime game he ever had with the Washington Redskins, and I couldn't care less. Right. This, this, this is by far the best team for which he's ever played. So then, you know, we got a nationally televised game against Washington. Okay, it's a Thursday. The Vikings win it. Washington's bad. We get it. Um, you know, but then he has that nationally televised game a couple of Mondays ago against Green Bay. We're in that game, man, without Dalvin Cook, without Alexander Madison. We lose the heart and soul of our run defense, Eric Kendricks, in the second quarter. They start running all over us. So that was kind of a bastard game, man. I mean, I'm not, I'm not making excuses for losing twice to Green Bay, but I'm telling you that Vikings Green Bay are markedly closer to 50-50 than what people saw a couple of Mondays ago, and I think they're overvaluing what they saw in that game with this point spread and with uh, local and national opinions. And, and Cousins, man, Cousins has been fantastic this year, and I think he's going to be dynamite on Sunday. Yeah, Paul Allen, the legendary voice of the Vikings, uh, on the bench. So I got to tell you, uh, I think that number's crazy against a team that scores as much as they do and, and, and frankly, that has a quarterback that throws touchdowns like that, that moves the ball like that, and is Cook good enough to give him something? Because if he is... I got a hard time believing they can't be in this football game. I think everybody just thinks the Saints are automatic. I got people already posterizing them for Miami. I got a lot of work to do. If they win, they got to go to Green Bay. You win, you go to San Francisco. People act like this is some kind of walk through the, you know, tiptoe through the tulips. I'm not buying any of that. Well, I mean, there are significant things with us, Scotty, legitimately speaking, man. I mean, we've known each other since I called races at Bay Meadows and Golden Gate Fields in San Francisco, <laughs> and you went right. to KMBR. That's right. So son. I shoot straight with you, man. I mean, th- this is not Homer talk. Having Dalvin Cook back is not only massive because he can run and he can catch, but now you you can't tee off on these receivers and these tight ends, and you can't blitz the way teams have without Dalvin playing in games. I mean, without Dalvin, man, nobody respected our running game a lick, and I understand why. So when you have Dalvin, watch the play action this weekend, ma'am. Watch the screen game. Watch the bootlegs. Watch how everything opens up because Dalvin is that good. Secondly, people have forgotten locally and nationally that wide receiver Adam Thielen is a badass, man. He, he is one of the best receivers in the NFL. October 20th, we're at Ford Field. He catches a 25-yard touchdown, slides into the wall, messes up his leg. So that's the last touchdown he's had, and he missed seven games. So people seem to forget that Adam, when healthy like he is now, is not just good, he's a badass, and he's had phenomenal games against New Orleans. Now you got Diggs on the other side. And finally, under the radar, because I know you're an under-the-radar on-the-bench guy, is we got this defensive tackle named Ifadio Denebo, and nobody's heard of him, and quite honestly – most of the NFL country couldn't care less about him. He has seven sacks. Yeah, he's a badass. And he had a defensive touchdown in the Chargers game, and he had one called back in the Bears game. He is so good right now that under un, underrated players like that change games like this, man. And, um, you know, when you get guys like Odenabo and then Thielen doing his thing, it's I'm telling you, man, the, uh, the Vikings are underrated in this game. So uh, Kendricks is a freak. Hunter has been a pimp. Uh, Johnson, as well, has given him a lot uh, on that, uh, you know, uh, defensive side. There's a lot of guys that have made that uh, defense impressive. 
uh, you know, they got a lot of guys stacking up stats. I mean, this guy Hunter is absolutely having a career freakout season. Big key for us, Scotty, with that defense is we we are down uh, the the first nickel, Mackenzie Alexander, third corner, and we're down first round pick from a couple of years ago, Mike Hughes. Right, Mike was just getting good. All right, now that's a complete buzzkill. There's no way around it. But it's really good having a defensive genius like Mike Zimmer when you got to change on the fly like this. And and Zimmer is going to find a way around this because he always does. Now, on the other side of it, you know, Sean Payton, man, I mean, you know, Vikings fans hate Sean Payton and the Saints because of that bounty gay BS in 09. So then 2017, they come to our spot, and Payton thinks he's going to win by a mile. He's mocking the skull chant. And then we put a miracle on them, and and that's it. They got to go home after the Minneapolis miracle. So the fans are super negative on Sean. Now, I don't know Sean. Zimmer and Sean Payton are really good friends. So I've heard nothing but good things about Sean from a friendship standpoint. I'm going to tell you this right now. When he puts offense together, it's like he has a freaking lab coat on in a dark (laughs) room mixing concoctions. I mean, his stuff is fresh. And the way he uses Taysom Hill – and the way he's going to use Camara this weekend, and the way he mixes in former Viking Latavius Murray. My God, with Jared Cook, are you kidding me? I mean, nine TDs, we get that. 16 and a half yards per reception, number one for tight ends in the NFL. That's phenomenal work at this stage of Jared's career. So Peyton is elite. Zimmer is elite at defense. This is mental warfare. <laughs> Paul Allen. Hey, so who's going to fill the void for Alexander and Hughes? Uh, it's a great question, bud, uh, because I had my 9 to noon radio show on um, KFAN. I remember when Scotty the Man used to be on the fan. That's right. On Haymakers. Shake it um, so, so, yeah, so I wasn't at practice today, so I'm not exactly up to speed on it. And quite honestly, given if it's a playoff game, even if I was completely up to speed on it, I probably wouldn't share. Uh, but um, all I have to say is, in Zimmer, we trust. So I'm thinking, what, Holden Hill and maybe gets uh, more burn or something like that? I mean, well, they got it. Mean, and, and Trey Waynes? Holden, Holden's played the majority of Holden's career, man. He's played outside. Now, with Holden, he, you know, he's an undrafted guy from Texas. Missed eight games this year because, because of an off-the-field L. But when, when Holden, he, he had the first start of his career last year against New Orleans. And he played phenomenal football. Now, we lost the game. Cousins threw uh, a pick six to P.J. Williams. It was a complete buzzkill. How about this? In that game, granted we lose, uh, Zimmer's defense held Drew Brees to 120 passing yards. That's his lowest number in like 196 games since New Year's Eve 2006. So I ain't guaranteeing that that's going to happen Sunday. But Zimmer has done – uh, in underrated fashion, good work against guys like Drew Brees and Aaron Rodgers. So does uh, Kyle Rudolph have a game to remember? Could he be the key to this game uh, late, a little pop pass to him, uh, you know, over the middle to, to win the game or something like that? I hope so, bud. The um, uh, the guy behind him, uh, the second-round rookie from Alabama, uh, one of the most, his name's Irv Smith Jr. Uh, he's one of the most athletic tight ends in the NFL. He's been good. He's the young. He's the youngest player in the NFL, and it, it took him a while to figure, you know, the whole playbook and, like, where to line up and depth of route and just all that technical stuff. It just took him a while. Now, Irv has a couple of TDs. Irv 
is a New Orleans native, and he's going to have a lot of friends and family there. And if they sleep on Irv, then those friends and family members are going to be saying, who dat? We dat. I think his family should have to buy you dinner, actually. Yeah. <laughs> if they're listening to CBS Sports Radio right now, man, I better get confident. Hey, we're on there. We're, we're on in New Orleans. We're on everywhere. Hey, PA, I love you. You're awesome. Have a great game. I can't wait to listen to you call the game. Uh, you're fantastic. It's always great catching up, brother. Uh, the best in the new year to you and your family, and good luck to the Vikings on Sunday. Thanks for coming on the bench. Hey, man, bless you, Scotty. Talk to you soon. All right, the uh, legendary Paul Allen, PA on the mic. You're listening to Pharrell on the Bench. All right, get on the uh, PharrellOnTheBench.com site for all my wild card action. And, I mean, you got two games Saturday, two games Sunday, and then you get all the, you know, pro rack, college rack, hockey, boxing, MMA, everything, best price, best picks, best return. Everybody loves it. They just won't admit it. PharrellOnTheBench.com. Sign up today. Hide the money from your wife because she'll blow it all. She'll get like a Fendi bag or Gucci or Yves Saint Laurent. Anyway, um, check it out. I think you'll dig it. Uh, Eric Bacharach covers the Titans for the Tennessee, and he's on a bench getting ready for the Titans and Patriots game on Saturday night. How you doing there, Eric? Happy New Year. Thanks, Scott. You too. I'm doing well. Hey, man. So, um... Let's go. We got a lot uh, to talk about here. Let's go back to when Vrabel, like, played for Belichick, right? And how much, because you cover him, I mean, this guy has to admit at some level that, I mean, he learned a lot from this guy. I mean, it, it has to have, like, you know, paid off for him both, uh, you know, as a player, obviously, and then as a coach now, does he ever talk about what that guy meant to his entire, like, cachet now because you would think he's got a Belichick running through his veins to be honest yeah you know he he alludes to it he's uh he's he's kind of very touchy when it comes to addressing his past with with New England and you know he really doesn't like to harp on his playing days that's kind of been um you know something that that's stuck with him since he's been here uh in Tennessee for, from the get-go but I mean, you see it, uh, especially in my job. You, you see it every day, just even with his mannerisms during press conference, press conferences. He's got, he's certainly got some of that Bill Belichick in him um, when it comes to his, his approach, when it comes to divulging even stuff like like injury, uh, you know, nuggets, stuff like that. He he has a lot of that in him, and I, I certainly think it's paid dividends, uh, you know, for him in his in his early uh, coaching career. And you know, the Patriots were. In Nashville uh, in August during training camp, the, the two teams shared joint practices, um, you know, and I think uh, the, the Titans and Vrabel gleaned a lot about the Patriots during those couple of practices at St. Thomas Sports Park in Nashville. Uh, you know, so I, I think the influence uh, on Vrabel is, is significant, obviously, um, and uh, again, it's something that, that kind of comes up and, and you notice it here and there uh, routinely. So, Eric, tell me about uh, the fact that they've won, frankly, seven of their last ten games. And they have played very impressive football. And we all know uh, the cogs to that are basically Henry and Tannehill, and there's a lot more to it. How did they manage to rattle off? Because, uh, really, the only games that they stumbled was the Texans at home in a close game. And then they went down there and beat their ass and then losing to the Saints by 10 at home. But other than that, it was the only you know, bat, you know blemish was the Panther game in Charlotte. They won everything right. else. It, it was really impressive, and you, you covered all of it. What did you think of that role? Well, it, well even even the Saints game, which which they lost, that's, that's the game, if you'll remember, for, for the Titans, was essentially meaningless uh, in Week 16 for the playoff chances. So they didn't, they didn't play Derrick Henry. 
Um, you know, they didn't play their first-round pick, Jeffrey Simmons. Uh, they they kind of took it lightly and, and took a, a prudent approach, uh, you know, as far as looking forward and having some foresight that Week 17 was the game that mattered. So, you know, even that game, they played it close. They lost, the, you know, a really good Saints team. Uh, but, yeah, obviously you look at sort of uh, when this thing changed, which was week seven, and the obvious answer is, is Ryan Tannehill, just sort of his insertion uh, in place of Marcus Mariota and how that jump-started things. Um, you know, I, I think it's, it's more than just Tannehill. Uh, you know, the, the Titans, uh, you got to give a lot of credit to their coaching staff, to Arthur Smith. I think uh, as the season kind of wore on, uh, they, they kind of focused more on, being committed to the run, being dedicated to run, and, and not really getting away from it, no matter the circumstance of the game. You know, Derrick Henry, once he gets 20 or so carries, um, you know, if, if he's able to get that workload, you know, uh, there's, there's sort of a very high floor for what you're going to get from him. And he's a guy that, uh, you know, gets better as, as each game goes on. Uh, you know, by the third and fourth quarter, he's, he's barreling over guys, you know, ripping off seven, eight yards a carry. He's just really hard to stop when you get that, that late in game. So, you know, I think that's been an important part of what's going on. But, again, the, the Tannehill effect, um, you can't really overstate how dramatic it's been for the Titans. You know, they went from averaging 16.3 points per game through the first six weeks with Marcus Mariota as the starting quarterback to 30.4 with Tannehill. Um, you know, it's, 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 it's remarkable. I don't even know if remarkable is the right word. And, and the ironic part is just that, you know, it was really the defense that was uh, sort of taking the brunt of, of the pressure week in and week out as far as trying to carry the team, uh, you know, even dating back to last year and especially through the first six weeks of this season. And that's kind of flip-flopped just with the way the offense has played and, and uh, the secondary for the Titans have been a little bit banged up. Um, but, but yeah, man, with when you look at Ryan Tannehill and just what he's done, uh, you know, he's, he's maximizing uh, the weapon he has in A.J. Brown. The play action uh, is, has worked, uh, you know, as well as you could hope for with Derrick Henry running as he's been running. Right. Uh, you know, so it's, it, it goes back to Tannehill and that decision uh, and just sort of how everything is sort of stemmed from that. Can you believe that, I mean, honestly, the, the way he rubbed out uh, Mariota from the gig and then went 70% and the, I mean, the numbers that you were talking about are so staggering, it's not even funny. Uh, the 22 touchdowns, only six picks. Uh, and just the impressive, uh, you know, distribution and just kind of, you know, high velocity of completions. He was just so on. It's not even funny. And really, because people say they're one-dimensional, they're Henry, but this guy was literally throwing to Brown. He was throwing to Sharp. I mean, uh, they did a lot of things. I thought he threw to Walker. I, You know, I thought he threw to Smith. I, I thought he threw to Davis. I mean, the guy threw it around, and I think that everyone just talks about one thing, and it's Derrick Henry, and, and deservedly. But I, it's amazing what Tannehill's done, and, I, I, you know, you would think that that's now his gig. Are they going to be smart enough to keep rolling that direction? You know, I, I think they got to be. I think by now, uh, you know, for us here in, in, in Nashville, we've kind of, you know, been waiting for, for the other shoe to drop, so to speak, since Tannehill took over and since he's been on the streak. But it's, it's now been 10 weeks where he's been uh, just consistent week in and week out. You know, there really hasn't been, um, you know, a, a true dud. You mentioned the Panthers game. That was, that was probably it. And even in that game, he wasn't god-awful. Um and even in that game, uh, you know, uh, you, when you look at the first six weeks of the season compared to any time during this recent 10-game stretch, even if the Titans are down, you feel like they could they could come back, they could win the game just because of what Tannehill is doing. It And, yeah, the Titans' offense does run through Derrick Henry, and he's a guy that's got to get 20 to 25 carries a game. But, 
Um, when you have a, a quarterback like Tannehill, who, you know, honestly, nobody really saw it coming. He's a guy that, um, you know, if, if you're the Titans, you, you got to lock up. I think franchise tagging him is, is a worst case scenario. Um, but he's a guy that, uh, to me, is clearly the guy moving forward. And again, he's only 31 in a league where quarterbacks are still playing at age 40. So he, he can be your franchise quarterback. I know, you know, when the Titans were two and four, we were sitting there, um, you know, the, the Titans reporter on the, on the beat, we're kind of looking at uh, already ahead to the draft and, and who might be available for the Titans if they have a bad pick. And now, obviously, if you're the Titans, um, you know, you could address some other needs in the first round. I think, I, I don't think you completely, um, you know, ignore quarterbacks. I think uh, for sure you could look in the later rounds maybe because it is a deep quarterback draft, but uh, for sure, I think Tannehill has to be the guy for the Titans moving forward. Eric Bagarak with us from the Tennessean on the bench on CBS Sports Radio. So uh, there's a lot of people that feel nationally that the Titans are going to go in there and beat the uh, Patriots, who aren't the same. It's pretty obvious. And there's people talking it's Tom Brady's last game and all this other nonsense. I got to tell you, that stuff to me is laughable. Uh, but I want to know from you, because uh, all I hear is everybody thinks this is a walk in the park and that they're going to go in there and beat them. And I think it's going to be, you know, much more difficult than everyone else does. Like, they don't lose playoff games in, in Gillette. And I don't care what anybody says. Like, taking Tannehill, I get it, he's been great, but taking him over Tom Brady sounds like a dangerous way to make a living. I agree. You know, I, I think, um, you know, it's, it's easy to look at the, sort of just the way these teams are trending. And I think a lot of people, when picking this game, have – have that loss to the to the Dolphins in mind when when picking or when thinking about the Patriots, and I think you know that's that's obviously justified. But you know they're still the Patriots. They're still nine and zero in their last nine home games at, at Gillette. Um, and, and and you know you know when you look at Ryan Tannehill, he'll be playing in his first postseason game uh, tomorrow. So I mean from an experience standpoint, is uh, night and day doesn't obviously doesn't do it justice. It's, they're both on opposite ends of the spectrum, and you know experience really matters for a whole lot this time of the year. So I, I do think it's going to be a really tough game. And, again, this is the Patriots are, are the number one ranked defense in the NFL. They had an easy schedule to start through the first half of the season, but, um, you know, they have some really talented players there. I think to overlook them and, and to, you know, not give them, uh, you know, any, any sort of credit is, you know, sort of gross oversight. And I think it's going to be a tough game for the Titans. They are playing really well. I think um, they'll certainly keep it close, but uh, it should be a good game. Do you uh, worry about that uh, Patriots defense, uh, which has really carried them? Uh, everyone talks about how bad their offense is these days with the way Edelman's been getting doubled and they lost to all the division leaders and, frankly, you know, played poorly in those games. But their defense is still legit. Does that D worry you? Yeah, a little bit. You, you know, the Titans have, have uh, done a good job. Again, they're, they're scoring 30.4 points per game since Tannehill took over as starting quarterback. They haven't faced – a defense that's, that's ranked as highly as, as the Patriots, you you know, we could expect uh, Stephen Gilmore to, to shadow A.J. Brown. And, and Brown, you know, who uh, by a lot of accounts is, uh, you know, certainly in the mix for, for offensive rookie in the year and, and has a strong case. He was shut down by Marshawn Lattimore in, in Week 16 uh, against the Saints, and Tannehill was able to find other guys. As, as he mentioned, Sharp, Tajay Sharp had two touchdown catches in that game. So he's been able to find other guys when, when, other, uh, when guys like A.J. Brown are taken away. It does worry me um, a little bit. You know, you look at Derrick Henry, and, and he's a different player now than he was two years ago when the Titans last faced the right. Patriots um, in the playoffs, but they were able to, to sort of shut him down in that game. Um, so we'll, we'll see if, if there's any sort of carryover from, from that game, from 
Uh, as I mentioned before, the, the Titans and, and Patriots had joint practices in August. You know, what carries over from there? Uh, but but for sure, it's, um, you know, it'll be an intriguing matchup. I think for sure, uh, as, as I just mentioned, that the matchup to watch is A.J. Brown against, um, you know, Stephen Gilmore and, and, and how those two shake out. Well, I think it's going to be a great game. Uh, the Titans mean business. They've been playing some fantastic football. Uh, Eric, great stuff. Enjoy the trip up to uh, Foxborough and Gillette. It'll be a hell of an atmosphere and a great experience. Hope it's a great playoff game, wild card style. Thanks so much for coming on the bench. We'll get you on again. Uh, good luck and uh, have a blast at the game. And thanks for coming on the bench. Happy New Year again. Absolutely. Thanks, Scott. Appreciate it. All right, Eric Bacharach, and he covers the uh, – Titans for the Tennessee and great paper down there in Smashville. Let's uh, keep rocking on a pain-free Friday on CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.